Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to First Time Dads. I am Richard Innes. And I'm Steve Mile. Uh, and this week we're pleased to welcome uh, a guest, Sean Pye, who is a comedy writer. Uh, he's written a great new show, which which is going to be on BBC4 shortly, called There She Goes, um, about uh, experiences of having a disabled daughter. Yeah, Sean, do you want to explain perhaps the concept? Because this is, this is very much based on your own reality, isn't it? Yes, hello. Um... Uh, my daughter was born 12 years ago with a genetic disorder to this day, uh, undiagnosed, and she has severe learning disability. She um, can't talk. Um, she has a very um, young mental age. We're not entirely sure exactly what it is. Um, she doesn't have any physical impairment. Um, she's very strong. She's very fast <laughs> these days. Um <laughs> So yeah, it's basically the show is very autobiographical. It's entirely truthful. Um, you know, everything in it has happened in, at, at some time in our in mine and my family's life. So it's it's sort of just telling that story mm. and putting those characters uh, on screen. Really. And we, we should say the characters because the show goes out on BBC Four, I believe yeah. it is, isn't it? and. Yeah. Um, it's called There She Goes, and we should point out that you've actually managed to get Doctor Who to play you, which is quite encouraging. Yeah, I say, that, a... I, I say that everything in the show is true, and it's based on fact, <laughs> and, uh, and, and then they said, who do you want to play you? And I said, David Tennant, and, and they went, you've got to be kidding me. You? <laughs> you can't see me, it's a podcast, obviously, but... I- I think <laughs> Steve and Richard can attest that they're not going, is that David Tennant in the room? <laughs> I think you're being unfair on yourself. I mean, there is yeah. some resemblance. So, no, David came on board and he's brilliant and he had to lose a little bit of weight, obviously. To <laughs> <laughs> play me again, you can't see me, but that's obviously a joke. Um, yes, yeah, so David, uh, David very and brilliantly uh, accepted and plays me and Jessica Hines plays um, a version of uh, my wife and brilliant Miley Locke plays uh, Rosie. The girl in it, and Eden plays. Eden Hayhurst plays um, my son. Yeah. Um, Rich and I both watched a couple of episodes. Yeah. It's brilliant. Watch it. It is brilliant. You know, we're not just saying that because Sean is sitting here. It is absolutely fantastic. I've it, watched the first episode and I was blown away. Uh, totally uh, blown and away. It, it's, don't not be put off by the subject matter, but there is something for you as a viewer, even if you are not a parent and if you've got no understanding of any... Of, of having a disabled child like Rich and I haven't really no. um, the depiction of being a dad is on its own is you know tremendously strong yeah um, I, th- I think Steve and I have talked a number of times and it'd be interesting to get your take on this Sean because we've, we've talked a number of times about how we, d- we don't see a lot of paternal father father figures in various bits of media that we feel reflects the reality of being dads like us and like many of the guys who are listening to this um, you know dads are often either sort of bumbling buffoons or um, abandoning idiots who just leave their, you know, villains. And there doesn't yeah. seem to be much of an in-between. And the, the thing that struck me, aside from all the all the things around your, your daughter's disability, which is obviously the, the subject matter of the show, the thing that really struck me was I was watching David Tennant and thinking, that's the type of dad I am. This is not a guy who's got any interest in leaving his family. This is not a guy who's got any interest in abandoning his yeah. responsibilities. But this is a guy who is finding it incredibly difficult to figure out what he should do. 
Yeah, it's well. I'm really glad that comes across because it's the whole thing is supposed to be very naturalistic and very true to life. And it, you know, I keep banging on about honesty, but all the characters are are hopefully seem very real. And yeah, my experience of being a dad is exactly what you said. I'm not the best dad in the world. I'm mm. really not, and I'm not the worst. And I think that probably describes mm. virtually every. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, where yeah. It obviously does because those are two extremes. But you know, I. You get things wrong, you get things right, mm. you try your best, you try and learn from your mistakes, it's difficult, sometimes it's boring, sometimes you're not the best dad you can be, but, you know, I, mm. I, I think that the thing about this character is, uh, you know, it's about turning up there every day yeah. Mm. Yeah. and being there, and maybe you don't play your best game, but you play. The story I have to tell you, because I've, I've met David uh, for a big chat Um First off, we had a big coffee and we talked for ages. He's a dad, isn't he? He's got a couple of kids. Yeah, yeah. David's got. Yeah, he's got. uh, I don't want to. I might get the number wrong. Lots of kids. He's got lots of kids, (laughs) and um, yeah. So he he was he really was very much into this and exploring all these. But it was three years writing this, um, and I was saying that I dug the first draft out that I'd written three years ago, um, and I read it, and it it literally is the story of a poor bloke who ends up having a learning disabled daughter and you know, a wife that won't listen to him and, um, you know, his poor travails and, you know, he's the hero and, God, he's, he's really funny and he always has the last laugh when he leaves the room. And I showed it to my, my wife and she went, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> 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 she went, no. So I, I worked I worked on the script massively with her over the years and other people as well, other members of the family and other people came on board. And um, I think what I'm saying is that my view three years ago when I sat down to type it out of what my character was and the mm. character we've ended up with which i think is far truer far 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 truer um it, they're very very different that's mm. what i'm saying yeah um so yeah i i, I think that'd be the same for any of us wouldn't it regardless of what the actual nature of your story yeah as parents and the reality is 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 often different things but sean like take takes back a bit like 12 years ago yeah you know you had one child already? I had a son. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the my we found out that we were uh, going to have a daughter. Brilliant news. Brilliant news, yes. I, yes, yes, obviously mm-hmm. brilliant news, although it was uh, came along quicker than we expected. Yeah. A bit of an accident, so it was a bit of a... How old was your uh, was your son when you... Uh, he was... Uh, there's about 18 months gap okay. between. Oh, yeah, it's quite close. So it was, yeah. it was close, so it was sort of... Hooray! Yeah, hooray! Oh, wow! Can <laughs> do it again. Yeah, <laughs> back to square one. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. It's, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, let's let's do it again. Uh, but it was. That sounds uh, very familiar. I must say. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go. On. Yeah. Um, and then you know we found out it was going to be a girl, and uh, we sort of picked a name, and we uh, went through all of that, and then I think it was um, about six months into the pregnancy, I was. I mean, it's as it's depicted in the programme. I was out in the pub and uh, I got a phone call because my wife had been to um, a routine checkup and was told that there hadn't been any growth between the two checkups. The baby was um, healthy because there was a heartbeat and some of the other tests that they do showed that the baby was healthy. It just wasn't growing particularly. Um, and I wouldn't say that alarm bells went off massively, but mm. it was like it was a slight check on the on the normal, uh, you know, process that you go through when um, someone's having a baby. It was like, a oh, well, I wasn't expecting that, but we'll see what happens. And then the baby just didn't grow particularly after that and eventually was 
had a C-section because the medical staff were worried um, about the about the lack of growth. Um, oh, and my first had a C-section, so it was it just made sense. Yeah. Um, and baby was born and had a very very. It was a small baby. It's five one, and that was a term which isn't massively small, but it, it was on yeah, the small, small side. side but yeah. um, had a really small head, um, noticeably um, small head, and you know. There was no diagnosis then. There was. It's not like anybody looked at her and said, "Oh, something. what did you think?" I thought there was something wrong, uh, and my wife, more importantly, mm. was convinced. My wife, without going into details, is she's knows a little bit about right. her job involves sort of medicine stuff. So you both um, almost by by instinct, would yeah. you call it? Pretty much immediately, you were aware there's something not quite right here. Yeah, and the first thing I said to uh, my wife when obviously I was holding her and sort of brought her over, you know, she just wanted to know what the weight was. She just wanted to know what the, um, you know, mm. both saw the, the head size thing and it was like, okay. And then what happens after that, as is in the program, is you're surrounded by a lot of, the doctors don't want to commit themselves to anything. Yeah. Um, no doctor's going to say this, you know, they just, and that's what doctors do, and that's absolutely fine. But you're also surrounded by so many people, so many gorgeous, lovely, wonderful, wonderful people in the family and friends who just don't want you to be sad. They yeah. just don't want you to be sad. They just don't want you to worry. And so they all say, there's probably nothing wrong. Mm. There's probably nothing wrong. You're worrying about nothing. Don't worry. And I'm talking about grandparents, my siblings, my friends. Um, and it's a human reaction. Um, but it's really, really counterproductive because, yeah. as we detail in the show again, you know, it, you get into a situation where you know something's wrong, and my wife knew something was wrong, and everyone else is saying, "Don't be so silly." I'm sure, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll work yeah. out. And you just start thinking, "Well, are, are we mad? Are we neurotic? Are, we are you just waiting at that point? Are you just waiting for somebody to agree with you? Yeah, that's all you want. You just want somebody to say, "Do you know what? Maybe we need a checkup here." Yeah. Well, we were had the doctors certainly weren't saying everything's fine, but the doctors were saying, you know, take it easy. You know, it's going to take. You know, we come back for checkups, and you mm. know, they're, they're just very. They don't commit themselves to things. Um, so we were having checkups, probably slightly more checkups than you would normally have. Mm. But yeah, you're you're just waiting for a solution. You're sort of living in limbo. It's like some dystopian yeah. Margaret Atwood type, <laughs> you know, thing yeah. where everyone's going. No, all is fine. All is fine. Yeah. All is fine. But it is. It, it feels, and I cannot criticise anyone because they're all. No, they were all so emotionally supportive. <laughs> I'm not criticising anyone, but it. You are there, and you're there. Like I'm just. We are living in limbo. We're just in purgatory until mm. somebody turns around and goes, you know what, <laughs> yeah. this is. And over time, over after three months or six months, um. You know, she was just off the bottom of the scale in terms of the growth chart. She was in, you know, you see the... Magic percentile. You see the percentiles, yeah. you see the graph, and it goes up there. And yeah. I'm sitting in a, a GP surgery looking at the graph, and the GP's going, your daughter's there, and he's pointing off the bottom of the graph. It's not even, yeah. you know, below the line. And yeah. We don't saying, need a medical degree at that point. We don't need a medical degree. And we're saying right. to the, the, the GP who's lovely, you know, the GP who's obviously lovely, you know, this isn't, this isn't right. And the GP's going... No, and then my daughter, you know, she starts missing milestones. Um, you know, she mm. didn't, she didn't smile, she doesn't laugh, didn't do anything really. She cried a lot. Mm. Um, she didn't eat. She wouldn't eat. Mm. Breastfeeding was, was just. I mean, tried it for about half an hour, and you know, the 
midwives or again won't fault any midwife ever but they're all saying you just need to try you just need to try and it's yeah. like it's like mate it's not happening <laughs> yeah. it's just not happening she's it's not that she won't latch on it's just she it's just lying there not doing anything is yeah. like and so once those sort of milestones started being missed um and once the grow you know it, it just all became apparent after a while that you know this how how and how and when did did she get diagnosed with what some sort of beginning that's not really it's an undiagnosed it's undiagnosed now the doctors have agreed and I think I I I don't know exactly and I'm going to say something and somebody will probably email in quite rightly and say (laughs) well that doesn't sound right (laughs) whoever emails in is correct but (laughs) let me say it was after about a year or eighteen months um, then we would being referred to geneticists who were mm. saying in our opinion there is a chromosomal this is what right. this is what we're looking at it's a chromosomal disorder they'd run other tests they'd done um uh, um mri scans they'd she had the one thing that they diagnosed is that she had microcephaly mm-hmm. um and there was something about the lining inside the skull that goes the brain hadn't developed properly right. but that could be caused by many 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 things uh but after a while they were saying no this is chromosomal we've seen this before this is chromosomal is there sorry to jump in sure but is there an element and this seems like an odd question but was there an element of relief at knowing at somebody saying to you you're right you're not mental there's something seriously uh, amiss here and here's what it might be yeah absolutely because if you're in a situation where you know something's wrong um then to have someone agree with you and to start offering you an explanation of what's wrong is a, a tremendous release. It's a tremendous mm. relieving of burden. Otherwise, you're just sat there twiddling your thumbs going, well, if the doctors don't know what's wrong and, you know, we just we, we, we can't plan, we can't move forward, we can't mm. start thinking about what's going to happen. Obviously, as soon as they start saying there's a chromosomal disorder and you look it up on the internet and you, you know, talk to the doctors, obviously you think, all right, well, we're looking at someone who's going to have learning disability, severe learning disability. We're looking at someone who, I mean, there's a huge spectrum, but yeah. that's what we're looking at. And we're looking at someone who's going to need care for how long. I mean, all children need care, but we're looking at someone who's going to really need care yeah. going into the, you know. And you can at least start to map out your life yeah. and what's going to happen. And yeah. it's what, it, it's been. a tremendous, it's a tremendous relief. I mean, mm. I... I've, I've not, we've been doing nothing like this in, in, in our lives with our two kids. And it's pretty stressful on our relationship just having yeah, two kids just thinking that, yeah. that don't have anything, you know, <laughs> yeah. miss. And it's, you know, Mrs. and I are, you know, a, a constant, you know, ro- rolling simmer some <laughs> some weeks. But I can I like only, that, a rolling simmer. I can only imagine that sort of, did you did it push you in your wife together because it's you guys versus people that aren't listening to you or in the in the in the show and people definitely should watch it there's an element of difficulty between the the, the there was difficulty there was tremendous difficulty and there may have been being honest there may have been difficulty having two children anyway yeah the fact that my daughter had uh, additional problems may have exacerbated i'll never know Mm. but it may you know i know that having two kids, you know, people have uh, people have done the analogies about yeah, yeah. having kids before and about how you can, you know, 
you can mark one child two on one and then it's man mm. to man and then it's like zonal and yeah, all of that yeah, yeah. all of those things so but there were tremendous and it's all in the show there were tremendous strains on our relationship um because my wife became very depressed um and it's not as simple to say she was depressed because something was wrong with her daughter it was that and she she talks about this um you know it's the fact that it's the whole thing that no one was believing her. It's the fact that she thought she was going mad. It's the fact that um, she couldn't bond with her daughter. It's the mm. fact that because she didn't know what the future held, she was finding it hard, I think, to invest emotion in her daughter. The whole thing in episode one, which, mm. you know, it, it doesn't get talked about a lot in these circumstances, but she was grieving. She yeah. was grieving because she thought she was going to have a daughter, and she didn't have a daughter. She had something that didn't behave like a daughter. I think there's a line, isn't there, in the first episode about this child has taken the place yeah. of my daughter, and that's, which that's really from, stuck in my mind. That's from, you know, that's sort of one of the lines that we remember from, from life and from the time. It was that she felt that an imposter had taken her place, and mm. every time she mm. looked at this, you know, lovely, beautiful girl, obviously, back then, all she could think was, you're not the person I wanted. Mm. Um and those are very, 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 very difficult feelings for anyone but a mm. mother to, to process. Um, and, you know, and so our relationship was, I was drinking very heavily back then. Um, you know, that may have happened anyway, but I was, I became isolated. I became, I, I didn't want to engage with this. I didn't want to have these conversations. They were too yeah. horrible. They were too, I wanted to escape to the pub where I could just have to talk about something else and it was fun and not come home and have to have these conversations. And, you know, I feel shame really looking back on it now that that was my response, but that was my response. But I suppose um, both both the, the, the feelings you've just described that your wife was going through and what you did in terms of trying to kind of remove yourself almost, those are entirely understandable reactions. I suppose that's the point to emphasise, isn't it? That for any under- human being, that's... They are understandable and, you know... I. In, uh, one of the th- themes of the show that kept coming to my head and some people, some charity people I've spoken to have said the same thing. It's just because you think terrible things and you do terrible things mm. it doesn't make you a terrible person. No. It just means that you're going through a yeah. terrible time and I, I hope that comes out. The, the thing I come back to is that the th- what my wife has said repeatedly over the years, the one... Th- I mean, we were held together because we were a unit and we had children and, you know, that... You know, that was holding us together but the strongest personal bond between us looking back was she says you're the only person in the world who believed me and yeah. you know that's, that's quite that's <laughs> a pretty good basis I would suggest it's you know, the trust and, and all the rest over of it, the years it? we've talked about you know those 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 times and she says you know the one thing you had going for you then was that you were you were the one person who didn't think I was mad mm-hmm. thought I was annoying and hard to live with and all of these things <laughs> yeah. but she said at least you believed me um and you, you got a, you had a son, and you obviously attention and time as much as you are spending back then is focused on your daughter. How did you keep ticking over with being it, or did, was, did you just do it with my son? Yeah, I mean, we often say that you know it was, you know, when you're the strongest link and the thing holding your families together, a sort of two two and a half year old boy. That's really unfair on the two and a half year old boy, but. He sort of was. He was obviously the the, the huge joy. He was the yeah. he's brilliant. I mean, 
I'm not suggesting that uh, your children aren't, but my, but obviously, my, 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 my son is, is the best son in the world. Obviously, I'm, I'm not obviously, suggesting that yeah. yours aren't, but yeah. let's no. be honest. Yeah. Mine is. <laughs> um, we all feel like that. But he, he was amazing. And um, yeah, and that, that was just another layer back then of because we were dealing so much with her. You know, she didn't sleep. Pro- I mean, all young children don't sleep properly, but it felt worse with her. It felt like she just didn't sleep and she didn't eat and she she didn't give anything back because those are all stress points about being a parent anyway yeah of course eating sleeping yeah uh, you know so if they're heightened in any way yeah and they were heightened and then but you know that bit where just when you think biology has this great plays this great trick on us all where just at the point you think i can't do this anymore they suddenly smile at you and you're like oh that's what it's worth that's why it's worth it and then they laugh and then they grab your hand and then they start and it's you know evolution has really worked out well how to you know press those buttons and then when you've got a child who doesn't do that then it's difficult when you've got a child who you know isn't doesn't do the smiley things literally so she was taking up a huge amount of time and that obviously just added to the uh, the the feelings of depression and you know inadequacy that i felt but my wife especially felt because she felt she was Mm. not paying enough attention to to her son and he was like Mm. he was coming second to the second child and i imagine a lot of people with two kids have that as well it's like but and i'm not saying that my experience is necessarily worse but it it felt like she was just see the thing the thing i i felt when i was watching the show is that you guys are in an extreme and a fairly extraordinary situation with what you've had to deal with. But what came across in the show, and I don't know if this is deliberate or not, was how it's almost an extreme version of the sort of things that people do go through just with parents of, of kids who don't have disability. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I was watching it and thinking, yeah, if that was me, that's how I would be. I know, I know how frustrated I get. And the thing that stuck in my mind was the Saturday night where your character, David, he just wanted to have a Saturday night. All he wanted yeah. to do that's was have a glass of, you, of wine. Rich. Yeah, you thought of me. Because <laughs> that's me. That. That's me to a nutshell. <laughs> right, all I want to do, I've had, we've had a long week. I want him to, I just want him to go to bed. I just want him to go to sleep so that we can have a pizza, have a glass of wine, watch some telly and just have a normal Saturday night. And I would imagine, and this, again, this is the impression we got from the show, was that that's just exacerbated when you have yeah. a child who has the condition that, yeah. you're, that your yeah. daughter does. The, uh, the the idea of that first episode is to show a typical day, you know, it doesn't really have a, um, you know, the plot is simply what you've just said. Yeah. You know, I just, my character just wants to sit down and watch whatever on telly and drink a bit do of wine. Crossword. Do the crossword yeah. and drink a bit of wine and then chat rubbish to, you know, his, his son and wife and, you know, just yeah. that. And he can't, but it is, it's very much as you say, that is uh, something that I imagine all parents and mm. families go through the the sort of only added extra that, that my situation gives it is that you have this child who um is incredibly destructive um mm. and chaotic and just literally can just go off and do something mad at any point um in a very lovable way but the other thing is you can't negotiate with her really on a you you can't say if you do that i'll do this you can't say oh, it's past your bedtime yeah. or you know if you go you, there's it's in, it's impossible to get her to do anything and it's you, there's no negotiation there's no there's not even really carrot and stick it's not even you can't tell her off you can't I mean you can give her more and more hula hoops uh, <laughs> I suppose I suppose that's part of negotiation but I don't, she doesn't she won't um, compute in her head that if I get these hula hoops yeah. I have to stay in bed you know and not come downstairs it's once yeah. these hula hoops are finished well I need some more hillers. <laughs> but I guess that might be the same for all you, you well, know, young children. I, 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 
I don't really know because obviously yeah. they haven't it's lived that, through it's it. It's that sense of resentment that I picked up in the show, which I and I, I think it's one of those things that none of us are apparently supposed to feel or talk about, but I think we all do feel. At some point, you do feel a, a tinge of resentment towards your child. Yeah. And it can be that Saturday night where they just won't go to sleep and you think, you know what, I've been at work all week, I've looked after <laughs> you all week, I just want one evening. Can you please just shut up? And that, and those those thoughts, I think, go through the minds of not just fathers, mothers, parents, everywhere, but we don't actually, we never kind of acknowledge it because that would make us a terrible parent. Yeah. And that, that was the thing I picked up, that it, in this kind of extreme, extraordinary situation, there was quite a normal, a no, a normal in inverted commas, um, interaction between a frustrated, knackered father and his, and his child. But yeah. I wonder if that's a modern phenomenon. I wonder if our parents, you know, were under pressure to go and have everything have this like social life and also be parents mm. you know whether they were this you need to go to the cinema you need to go for dinner you need to go and see you know get out live your own life you need to or whether or not our parents generation we're just like well, what what is you, you, you become a parent I, I wonder if it's because we're becoming parents later in life and we've lived more socially up until the point we have a child whereas our parents generation perhaps had kids when they're in their early 20s and didn't have this expectation of a social uh, social mm. life uh, uh, and that kind of stuff yeah, i mean yeah. i mean that's a problem discussion for another point <laughs> <laughs> we I, could I go on, there on that an, one for a while yeah. there's element of that did you when sean when you, you were going through this the 12 years ago and, and and through the early years of your daughter's life did you seek help or support other than family and friends? No, and that is something that I wonder whether that was a mistake. Um, I don't quite know why we never. We sought the support of we sought the support of um, the, the doctors, obviously, yeah. and we talked to family, and family was incredibly supportive. My wife's um, family, uh, her mum in particular. Uh, is an hugely, hugely supportive person in my wife and my daughter's life and my life, and she was amazing. And my family were, um, you know, I have a large family, and they, you know, they were there whenever we needed them for whatever we needed. But we didn't necessarily lean on them that often, um, and I don't know why. And um, we didn't go. There, there's some wonderful charities out there, by the way. Mm. I'll give a shout out to, you know, Mencap and Scope, and there's a charity called Unique, which I would definitely, if you have a child with a chromosomal disorder then seek out unique because i met the person who runs it at a screening that we did and i was a little bit nervous obviously and she was just amazing she was so supportive so um full of um praise for the sort of things we're talking about Mm -hmm. for its honesty for you know the fact that we could you know terrible people you know saying terrible things doesn't make you a terrible person she was going yes they have you know phone lines you can phone up for mums and dads and just just shout what you like down the phone (laughs) we'll we'll listen without judgment and try and help so anyway but we didn't seek out any of those people and i don't know why and it might have been pride and it might have been Mm. shame maybe that we didn't want to wear this or you know it's a bit weird putting it on telly and then me say that we didn't want to wear this in public (laughs) back then but i I think that's what it felt like by then i think you know we've we've been on a horrible journey horrible word but you know maybe we feel that we can talk about it now and it's good but back then it just didn't feel and and is there an element that it's you know this is our child we need to be the people that deal with it yeah i think so i think it was it was we can deal with this we've got the Mm. intellectual and emotional tools to deal with this it's our problem's the wrong word but it's whatever challenges um my daughter threw up you Mm. know we'd 
I think, I think we probably, I think we m- mistakenly thought that people would be quite sanctimonious. Mm-hmm. We thought they'd be quite preachy. Um, you know, we thought people would come in and, um, you know, tell us all the things that we were doing wrong as parents and I'd get defensive and, you know, yes, sit there and yeah. go, well, you know, what do you know? What do you bloody know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't want that. Yeah. I didn't want someone coming around to my house and telling me that, oh, if you just, well, you can make it f- eat properly. you just got to feed you the right mm-hmm. foods and my wife would be sitting there bristling. Going, now, that's wrong. And I, if anyone is out there listening to this in that sort of situation, I've met these people. I've met them the other night, all of them, and that is a billion miles away from what these people yeah. offer. You know, they just are. They were the least preachy people I've ever mm. met. They were mm. like, mm. you know, we. I, I, I think they were basically telling me that they they have lots of members and they talk to a lot of members. Wrong word. They work with lots of families and they might have solutions. They might be able yeah. to help. They mm. might have suggestions. But yeah. in no way did I feel that they were going to be saying, oh, well, you know, well, you shouldn't be giving a hula hoop. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it I mean, we shouldn't be, not yeah. that many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like you, you did in answer this question I'm about to ask, but did you ever think, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm, I'm, I'm my, you know, the midnight flit here. Yeah, I think we both thought that. I think we both, I think we yeah, I think there are moments where you sit there and you think, "I can't do this. I can't. I can't do this, and I can't. I, I can't do this tonight, and I can't do this forever." Mm-hmm. Um, and you have that. Yes, I think so. I think you have those moments, and those moments pass because the things you know, people th- think things, and it doesn't mean they think them forever. It doesn't mean no. they think them in their heart. It doesn't mean that. That's who they are. It, people think things because sometimes you think, I can't do this. And yeah. you know what? If I walked out of that door and kept on walking and all of this went away, then my life would be better. And you think that. Yeah. And then 10 seconds, 10 minutes yeah. later, yeah. you think, well, of course I'm not going to do that. And it's like you said about it can be something so, such a small little gesture. And I appreciate with, with your daughter, you know, the nature of recognition means sometimes you don't get that. But that idea of, a smile or, or or just anything anything yeah. kind of endearing and I, I get that because i have a real problem with my temper i lose my temper regularly i'm uh, I, I tend to get in a bit of a rage about things and i can do that with my with my boy sometimes where i just get really frustrated if he's not calming down or if he's losing his marbles as per you know as 18 month old boys do i can really go off on one and actually it is amazing how the cut through can just be like that one smile one like cute little yeah. Night, night, daddy, or whatever it might be, and that's just me completely. Or just a distraction, or just a distraction, isn't it? Sometimes it's just yeah. a distraction. It's yeah. uh, we were talking to somebody. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day about getting angry with their child, and the child goes, "Daddy, I don't like to, don't like it when you get angry." He's like, "Well, do you know what makes me angry?" So you doing that, don't do that, and I won't get angry. And it's like you, but you having this reasoned conversation with us small child it's 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 difficult it's difficult mm. it is but sometimes uh, i found that all you need to do is you need to say it out loud mm. you just yeah. need to vocalize it and then it, you you realize how stupid you are i remember arguments that me and my wife had back in these times and they would get quite heated they would get vocally heated they never um you know the voices would be raised very very loudly and very angrily mm. and accusations would fly and they almost all petered out because you suddenly realised how ridiculous you sounded mm. how how both of us yeah. how angry both of us were 
about something that we'd forgotten what we what had started it all. Yeah. And mm. you just started laughing and you just mm. went, we, this is ridiculous. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, it, the, the, the process, was, it was just saying it out loud. How are things today? Uh, good. Good. Um, to the, you know, we've written the show together um, and I think that was, it's been difficult at times because we've gone back over some of the things that happened then and maybe we wouldn't have talked, if we weren't making a telly show, then maybe we wouldn't have ever got around to talking about them, mm. got around to talking about them mm. in a few years, but it's, that's been quite a cathartic uh, process. Um, but also, you know, it's just things things change. I'm talking about things that happened, you know, 12, 11, 10, mm. nine years ago. And, you know, obviously since then, my daughter's 12 now and she's just insanely lovable. And it's not that she wasn't, love deep down back then but you know these days she's she has all the things about you know, she didn't smile she didn't laugh she didn't give anything back i mean all she does is give stuff back now mm. i mean it's <laughs> all she does all she yeah. what you know and that can be you know biting your arm or it can be just laughing insanely at mm. something like you know, pictures of sweet corn on the internet you know she just <laughs> yeah. she, she does crazy things like i'm sure all kids do and it's just a it's just a, amazing it's brilliant and it's still frustrating and it's still so she's at school she's at school she's a special school um who are fantastic um i mean that helps a lot i'll say Mm. um same with all parents i imagine all kids once they go to school that's a different thing but for her suddenly not having to look after her quite so much and school taking over and school helping with something that was a that was a big that was a big shift Mm. i think um but school are fantastic, yeah. Do you know what, talking about being at school, one thing that that really stuck out for me again from watching the first episode uh, was the kind of, um, the relationship between your character and the neighbour <laughs> and the idea, and again, it really stuck with me, the idea that um, what must be very frustrating when you have a child with, you know, some extreme behaviour like your daughter has is this idea of other parents trying to stand in solidarity. And again, it's, I suppose it goes back to your point about your family. I think everything comes from a good place. It's, yeah. it's, it's well-intentioned. It's well yeah, intentioned, yeah. But that idea of saying, gosh, tough, isn't it, when he's taking his daughter yeah. off to a cello lesson yeah, and your yeah. daughter's kicking and screaming in the middle of the There's road. It's an interesting character because when I wrote it, I sent it to lots of my writer friends and they all came back with the same note. And I would have given the note as well as a comedy writer, which is you should make it more antagonistic. He should yeah. get into rows. This bloke who lives next door should be a bit of an arsehole. And it should... And I just went, no, that's that. I know why you're saying that. That's not that. the point, yeah. I know why you're saying that. And yeah. I'd give the same note if someone gave me a script, but this is autobiographical. And the point is, everyone who comes into contact with us, nearly everyone, um, is just really nice. There are, people just aren't horrible out there yeah. towards my daughter. Yeah. They're just not. Um, mm. But what they are is useless. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is, is true. And low, people come up to you in the park, or my next door neighbour is based on my old next door neighbour, would come up and he'd be so nice, but. It, it, wouldn't know what and to like do. It is practical help when your daughter's or the, the the daughter in the show has knocked a hole in the wall by banging the door handle against the wall, and then you explain that to him while you're sat outside by the recycling bins drinking a or David Tennant does drinking a, a bottle of wine. And he says, <laughs> "I've got some filler. I'll <laughs> 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 come round with some filler tomorrow." Because yeah, the way to that be helpful. the way that he can help is he knows how to mend a hole in the wall, and he knows he just. And there's absolutely no reason why anyone should know how to do it and that it hasn't, doesn't have a child with a learning disability. You don't really know where to look or what to say. No. Or, what do you do? It's, you know, I can't. So he's a, and 
yeah, I really like his character. Mm. My my last because I'm aware we're coming towards the end of our time, but my last um, my last question would really be because I'm, I'm thinking about the people who are listening to this. We have a lot of guys who listen to this podcast who perhaps have partners who are pregnant, perhaps don't have a kid yet, um, and are going through all those kind of those <laughs> trying to kind of mentally prepare yourself for the madness. Um, if if somebody finds out, for instance, that and I, I appreciate there are many different conditions disabilities that, that a child may be born with but if someone finds out that there may be an issue with their child whether that be a child who's you know who's a newborn or whether it's while the child's still in the womb um what would be your advice to someone who's been through what you've been through what would be your advice in the best way to approach it i would say i mean this program doesn't it's only about my family. It's, mm. I'm not suggesting I know anything about anybody no. else's children, whether they be disabled or, or able-bodied. or, or, or I, it's, it's just about me, so I have to put that caveat in. I would say I hope the show shows that there is light, that there is sunshine and joy and mm. beauty and wonder and um, that however bad it may feel, for me... In my instance, it's ended in something amazing. Mm. Um, I would also say that um, you shouldn't feel bad about feeling bad. You mm. shouldn't feel bad about... You shouldn't feel that when the doctors tell you something's wrong, if your first or second reaction is shit, that's a shit thing that's happened. I wish mm. that hadn't happened. That's okay. That is, it's all right because that's what everybody else thinks when they hear it. That's what I thought when I heard yeah. it, um, and then I felt guilty because you think you, the, the various society, I think, and various people in society expect everyone to love every child unconditionally and um, completely mm. from the moment you know you're going to have the child <coughs> to the moment the child leaves to go off and do whatever they want to do. And my experience is, that it isn't an unbroken linear line of love to that point yeah, yeah it just isn't there are bits where you think you know what you know we talk about it in the program there's bits where you think would it be better if this hadn't happened yeah. Yeah. and that isn't why i feel now that's not what my wife feels we're so proud and pleased that it happened because she's amazing but i'll tell you in the last 12 years i've thought my life would be a damn sight easier if i had one kid and you know, whatever that yeah. particular conception hadn't happened mm. the way it happened, yeah. you know, and in the second episode we talk about, would you change anything? And, you know, my character at that time very truthfully says, I wouldn't change anything because then she wouldn't be Rosie. She wouldn't be the person she is. Mm. My wife's reaction is very honest. What it was at the time, which was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why would I, why would I ask for this? Yeah. And it's okay to think those yeah. things. Yeah. It really is, and it's okay to talk about those things. And you know, if you're with the right people who you're talking to, mm. then it's all right for those people mm. to listen and just to say, "That's fine." Mm. That's sometimes, fine. Sometimes, if your kid, if your kid is able-bodied, doesn't have any any type of disability, any type of learning handicap, whatever it might be, that's all okay to sometimes get frustrated with them too. Exactly. And it might, it might be that your yeah. kid is particularly, uh, it might might be going through a difficult spell, and you might feel like actually this is the right nightmare, and I wish you'd just shut up. And that's okay to feel that sometimes, because yeah. as you say, I it think, passes. I and think it moves what on. Al Sean wrapped that up is 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 very you know, it talks to all all, all of us. All, yeah, all absolutely. On, on every on every, every aspect yeah. from from you know. Uh, the very minor parenting things that pop up on a day to day to sort of much more far reaching stuff. Uh, and I think we're all a, 
the podcast we talk about it a lot it's just no one's there's no perfect scenario there's no. no perfect parenting route there's no perfect child you know it's it's a it's a muddle it's life life is a life's a bit of a you know, complex sometimes, isn't it? I was about to say life's a box of chocolates, but let's not do yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a good point to end there, Rich. Sean, I appreciate you coming in. Talking thank you. On. Thank yeah. you very it's much been, for having me. It's, it's been a, really it's a, interesting. It's a great thank show. You. It's on Tuesday night. It's called, um, there she goes. Um, how many parts are we? Five. Five parts. Five parts. It's on BBC four. Yeah. Um, Check it out, and if you listen to this after the show's on, I'm sure you'll better pick it up on BBC iPlayer. Yes, yeah. and well that worth place. well worth looking at. And two fantastic actors, David Tennant and Jessica. I still call her Jessica Stevenson. She's not called Jessica uh, Stevenson. Jessica Hines, but she was Jessica yeah. Stevenson. But two yeah. of the best actors on British TV. It is honestly, I'm not. Again, I'm not just saying this because Sean's sitting next to us. I would say it if if Sean was sitting next to us, but I do actually mean it. It is brilliant. So please do check it Great. out. Right, thanks um, everybody for listening. If you've enjoyed listening, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, it helps other people find us. And uh, email us at firsttimedads at reachplc if you want to talk to us more about the stuff that we talked about today. Lovely. Right, we'll catch up with you all next time. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.